Cinema Obscura. From KYW in Philadelphia to look at movies that may not exactly be considered mainstream, had a limited run upon release, but worth a look. This week, it's a look at the 1978 sci-fi movie Star Crash. And from 1957, the British horror film, it's called Night of the Demon. I'm Steve Nikhazy, and with me, independent Philly filmmaker Andre Bennett. Andre, how you feeling? I'm good, Steve. Do we have a new theme song now? We do. That, that, yeah. That's awesome, actually. Yeah. You never know what you're going to hear week to week, but that's what we begin with. And uh, speaking of what we begin with, here's a story of an outlaw smuggler and alien friend who must rescue the galaxy emperor's son and stop a secret weapon. But an evil count has other ideas in this late 70s Star Wars-inspired laser blast fest star crash. You notice I didn't say ripoff, Andre. Uh, I would have. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This movie. Oh, so Star Crash, directed by uh, Luigi Cozy under the name Lewis Coates. It was going to be distributed by American International Pictures. They dropped it, and Roger Corman's New World Pictures picked it up, which sounds about right, <laughs> it being mm-hmm. uh, technically a Corman film. It stars uh, former Bond girl Caroline Monroe. Uh, David Hasselhoff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe Spinell, who uh, listeners of ours might know him best as the lead character in William Lustig's uh, Maniac from 1980. Although I think most people who see this movie will likely recognize him as Tony Gazzo, the uh, lone shark from Rocky 1 and 2. Yeah, yeah. And Christopher Plummer. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. Uh, who... You know, they need a name to pre-sell this thing. Oh, and they and they got one. Yes. And another fascinating aspect of this is that Marjo Gortner is in this film. Yes. A, a prominent role in this film, and he used to be what? A child evangelist. In fact, there was a movie about him really? and, and his preaching and all that, and he was just a child, really? you know, Bible-thumping kid for a while. Because here he looks like a cross between Luke Skywalker and the greatest American hero. Yeah, he does. And like halfway through the movie, he like becomes some kind of Jedi-ish figure for no apparent reason. Okay, so they made it for $4 million. Calling it lo-fi is being generous. Uh, The ADR, the dubbing is terrible. The sets are cheap and gaudy. The miniatures are too underwhelming to focus on for very long, yet they do. The stop motion is really, really cheesy. Uh, There are laser swords, a character named Zarth Arn. The cheesecake is gratuitous. Now, that is something to to talk about for (laughs) a little bit because uh, if, if you do a YouTube search of this, the, the image yes. are the scantily clad The, the dominant women. image is, is Caroline Monroe in that outfit, mm-hmm. uh, which she wore much better than Sean Connery and Zardo's. But wait, <laughs> wait, there's more. There's Amazon women. Yes, there are Amazon women. Oh, this movie, there's so much that you'd think I would just find irreparably wrong with it. And yet I enjoyed this a lot. It's kind of a piece of crap, but it's so much fun and it it, it takes itself – It doesn't take itself super seriously and it's like – it just goes from place to place and without any care towards like stuff like, you know, story progression and character development and it just is like here's something crazy. Here's an Amazon planet. Here's an ice world. Here's robots. Here's a giant stop motion female robot. 
Here's David Hasselhoff <laughs> with a mask that fires lasers out of the eyes. Yeah, and there's, there's a story behind that mask, I understand, because uh, Hasselhoff uh, came down with food poisoning during the shoot. Ooh. And so they may have had other people to don the mask yeah. while he was, you know, taking care of business with that, his illness going on. That makes sense. And, and of course, you know, they did all the, uh, all the ADR on this movie. It's like you can tell that none of the sound in this movie was like actually from the set. And then you've got John Barry's score. Now, John Barry was kind of a get because – you know, he is like the iconic composer behind most of the James Bond movies. And he also – this is basically I want to say a year off of, a year away from The Black Hole, the Disney space opera that he did, which is surprisingly dark for a Disney movie. And of course Moonraker, which yeah. was the Bond in space movie. It's kind of like in the middle of the – I would say sumptuous dread of The Black Hole and the kind of boring Moonraker score. Christopher Plummer. Has he ever turned down a movie script? <laughs> because I, I was thinking about how many movies he has been in, and it, it's got to be hundreds, hundreds of movies now. Okay, so the reason he took this one, from what I understand, is they shot it in Rome, and he was like, oh, I get to spend three days in Rome? Fine. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> yes. Sign me up. Now, another, another aspect of this is that the, the, uh, the sidekick, the, the robot sidekick, yes. has a southern accent. Yes, he does, and I feel like that's something that uh, whoever was producing the black hole at Disney kind of took notice of because their robot in that movie ended up being voiced by Slim Pickens. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Which is so, kind of cool, really, when you think about yes, it. Yes, it is. Uh, but this is like, yeah, you got the robot with the southern accent who gets, like, beaten up so many times. It's like he breaks the C-3PO record for <laughs> getting ruined in a movie. He does. And Joe Spinell as as the bad guy, it's like, that was the thing I couldn't get past, seeing Tony Gazzo... As this evil intergalactic count, <laughs> this movie—I can't believe yeah. I'm just seeing it now. You certainly relish the role. <laughs> yes. All right, let's go to the clip now. Oh yes, this is basically where they jump to hyperspace. Here we go, Star Crash. The first possibility is the Auriga system, also known as the world's asleep. But this system is still within our galaxy, and we should have found it by now. The same also applies to the White Sun of Ozone. So only the third possibility remains. The heart of the haunted stars. An unknown planet named Eurekis. What? Well, shall we begin our search? Let's go. The distance we must travel is enormous. By using hyperspace, what would normally take two months to reach, we should do in two hours. Everything ready? Ready. Right. Every time I go into hyperspace, I get nervous. Yeah, we're all nervous. <laughs> Star Crash is not that hard to find. <laughs> I'm sorry. You could probably, I know you could tell I was trying not to laugh during the clip. Yeah. This movie is amazing. Yeah. Uh, it is available uh, on on DVD and Blu-ray. I'm trying to stop laughing here. And it's uh, also available for streaming for free on the uh, Shout Factory TV site. Also, I believe Mystery Science Theater did an episode of it. Oh, But okay. uh, it's it's worth watching just on its own. Bring bring friends. Do your own. Yeah. <laughs> do your own riff tracks. This and get, great. get your Hoff fix with Star Crash. Cinema Obscura. 
Up next from 1957 in glorious black and white, a British horror film. An American professor goes to London for a conference on parapsychology and discovers a colleague who was investigating a suspicious cult was killed in a freak accident. Things begin to unravel and her prof begins to question science as a whole in the movie Night of the Demon. I did not expect this movie to be as good as it was. Not going to lie there. I was not expecting as much, but I actually had a couple of genuine starts like mm-hmm. watching this. This is actually a very tense, very effective horror movie. It's actually from the director of the original Cat People, Jacques Tourneur. It uh, stars Dana Andrews, Peggy Cummins, and Niall McGuinness. The atmosphere is perfect. It's so steeped in this escalating tension and and dread and the effects are largely sparing which is great except um i know that there was actual tension on the set because the writer director and cast didn't actually want to show the demon in full there's, right. there's a demon here no unveil that that's yes. what they wanted that's what they wanted but the producer was like no we have to show the demon which is why you see this demon in the beginning and the end and the effects for the demon are interesting because you see like a full shot of it approaching and it looks haunting and strange and ghostly and and quite frankly wonderful. Yeah, and a a very distinctive sound Yes, that you begin to hear before the big unveil with the monster. Yeah, and then they show him in close-up and it's an interesting design. It's it's actually quite gruesome. Uh, It's a little underwhelming seeing it in flesh and blood or at least, you know, um, what I'm sure is, you know, rubber and fur, mm-hmm. as opposed to um, just seeing that kind of apparition of it yeah. coming. But this is a very interesting movie with uh, Dana Andrews as a parapsychologist who is obsessed with debunking the supernatural. He teams up with the niece of a colleague who was, as you mentioned, killed in this accident. They both want to find out what happened. But he's kind of convinced that it was an accident and she is convinced that there's something more and the, the push and pull, the back and forth between the two of them, the, the skeptic and the growing believer is what really powers this movie much more than just, you know, monster thrills and such. And also the villain is he, – he's actually kind of fascinating because he runs this devil cult and he's not – bloodthirsty he's more reluctant it's just that he has this power and he doesn't want to give it up and he'll do anything to keep it you know to keep this lifestyle to which he's become accustomed and his mother of course is kind of like the thorn in his side (laughs) it's amazing this is is a really good movie Uh, adapted from the mr james story casting the runes and uh, dana andrews who had uh, trouble with a bottle in in his career uh he's Seen multiple times in the movie, you know, drinking. drinking yes. Everybody's drinking in this movie, but especially him almost in, in every scene. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I, I agree with you. Black and white adds so much to this film. It really does. Uh, this movie actually in America was released as Curse of the Demon, and they cut about 13 minutes from it. Uh, we watched the original British version, which is available, um, I think, in a two pack, but uh, that's the full 96 minute version. And I can't speak for comparison because I haven't seen the uh, the American cut, but this was a good length. It, it probably has more of Dana Andrews in it, I would think, the the, the American cut. Yes. He, he was a big star back then when this yeah. came out in 57. We have a clip. 
We do. This is Dana Andrews' character and Dr. Harrington's niece, uh, Peggy Cummins' character. And they're discussing this curse that has been placed upon him. He's doomed to die within three days of this curse being placed on him by the villain. And uh, he, of course, refuses to believe in curses. And uh, this is kind of like a a snippet of their uh, discussion of their different points of view. Night of the Demon. In case it would make you feel better, a parchment has to be passed. And the person has to take it without knowing. My mother taught me never to take anything from strangers, and I still don't. Then what killed my uncle? An accident with a falling power line killed him. Then he should only have been burned. His body was mutilated horribly. The police said it could have been an animal. The only thing they didn't say, what kind of animal? Well, what do you expect me to do? Nobody's free from fear. I have an imagination like anyone else. It's easy to see a demon in every dark corner. But I refuse to let this thing take possession of my good senses. If this world is ruled by demons and monsters, we may as well give up right now. Nobody said we were ruled by them, but do... You just want me to give in to Carswell's carefully calculated threats. That's exactly what he wants me to do. Because he knows he can't stand up to a real investigation. If he's so all-powerful, what's he so afraid of? I wish I knew. Mm, Night of the Demon, very effective horror movie very effective very well shot uh very uh very well shot very just wonderfully uh designed the, the sound is is amazing you hear that wind there everything about this movie is just done to very specific and wonderful effect and like I said, I didn't know what to expect going in, but I can't recommend this movie enough. If you're doing a double feature, start with Star Crash for laughs. <laughs> yes. To soften the mood and then prepare to get scared with Night of the Demon. Yes. Uh, it's available on DVD. Uh, you can find a double – a. it's available on DVD. You can find a two-pack with both the American and British versions. If you're willing to look for it, you can find it on Blu-ray. You'd have to kind of import it, but you can find that on Amazon. It's streaming on Shutter and also available on the usual digital rental sites, YouTube, Google Play, Vudu, iTunes. This one's easy to find. Andre, always a pleasure. You too, Steve. And if any of you want to get back to us about this, uh, suggest any movies, ask questions about uh, these, anything, you can reach me on Twitter at Andre Bennett Go. Cinema Obscura. And I'm Steve Nikhazy along with Andre Bennett. Cinema Obscura is recorded and produced in the KYW studios in Philadelphia. For more shows, check out the new radio.com app on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your favorite shows. Thanks for listening. Imperial Battleship! Halt! The flow of time! <laughs> <laughs>